Welcome in episode 66 of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast live from Harlem at our brand new studio. Hope you guys have been checking out the television show on its new time, 3 p.m. Eastern, live from Midtown Manhattan in its brand new studio. Apologies that this is our first show of the week. When I told you guys last week we'd be back on Tuesday, I forgot that Labor Day was on Monday. By the way, shout out to union members past, present, and future for giving us the, you know, the weekend the end of 18-hour workdays, Labor Day, and the end of child labor laws, or the, the beginnings of child labor laws. Shout out. Thank a union member, my friends. Union household over here. Son of a firefighter, a union leader forever. There's your political. It's not even political. Come on, they built the middle class. Time for the show. Here's what we're not discussing on today's show. Sue Bird, arguably the GOAT. I, I'm not an M- a WNBA historian the way I'm NBA historian, but Diana Taurasi's got a case. Sue Bird obviously has a case. Cynthia Cooper, I don't think she has a case, but she didn't win like the first four titles. Sue Bird retires from the WNBA. Luca, Oh, one of my two favorite sons. Luca dropping 47 on France. Luca was asked the day before, who do you think is going to score the most points in Eurobasket? And he was like, Giannis. And they're like, why? He's like, because he's Giannis. And then Luca dropped 47, which is the most points anyone has scored in Eurobasket in 65 years. Second most points ever. What a humble guy. What a, oh, he's the, he's the greatest. Also, guy. people, you know what? I'm not even going to get into the Giannis commentary from the week. And Albert Pujols, who looked cooked the last few years, is now the most devastating hitter in baseball if he's facing a left-handed pitcher. He might get to 700 home runs. It is a captivating story, an absolutely captivating story from Maple Woods Community College right in the outskirts of Kansas City. That's Maple where he, Woods. You, you know Maple Woods? I could have sworn. Oh, Royal Woods is the apartment. Royal Woods yeah. was the apartment you used to live in. Yeah, a long uh, time ago. By the way, any of our Kansas City listeners, that's a true story. And if you know Royal Woods, <laughs> you can Google Royal Woods. That's why when Demaze says he got it from the dirt, that's what he's talking about. But Albert Poole, it's not really a Kansas City legend, but I claim him because he went to Maple Woods Community College. All right, Demaze, what are we? I know what we're starting with because football starts today. Let's go. Football is officially back. We're dropping this show before Rams Bills. Yeah. Super Bowl champs are underdogs at home. Yes. Do you feel strongly enough about this game to pick it in our first gambling show? Okay, so tomorrow we debut the gambling show. We're actually recording that in about an hour. And spoiler alert for that, yes. Okay. I do, and I'm picking the Rams. They are home underdogs. I want to use this. So Rams plus two and a half is my pick. I also think the Rams went out right. It wouldn't be shocking if the Bills won. The Bills are really good. But I want to use this time to talk about what's happening with the Buffalo Bills right now because it is baffling to me. I totally understand why some people would pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I understand why people would pick Josh Allen to win league MVP. If you you say, I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC, you have a very reasonable stance for that. They had a very good defense last year. I think it was a little... They had the number one defense in football last year, but by numbers, not by eye test. They had... Nine of their 11 wins were against some of the worst quarterbacks in the league, but still a good defense. Some people think Josh Allen's the best quarterback in football. Everyone, even I, agree he's one of the five best quarterbacks in football. They have Stephon Diggs. Like, they have uh, Gabe Davis. They have really good players. My issue is they are being treated like the 07 Patriots. They are the the overwhelming Super Bowl favorite. One of the shows on NFL Network, Five hosts, they gave their Super Bowl picks. All 
five hosts had the Bulls, the Bulls, the Bills going to and winning the Super Bowl. They they are they, they are favorites in Los Angeles. For so if you're not a big gambler, whatever the point spread is, you got to keep in mind the home team is getting an extra laying an extra three points. So what a two and a, so the Bills being two and a half point favorites in LA means if they were playing the Rams on a neutral site, they'd be around five and a half point favorites. Right. And if they were playing LA in Buffalo, they'd be eight and a half point favorites. It's insanity. And so disrespectful. It's well, it's not just disre- it's not so much about disrespect for the Rams as much as it is as it is Vegas, the general public, and the media. Look at the Bills as some, like, it's the Bills and everyone else. They're treating it like it's the Warriors in 2017. Like they just came off a Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> as opposed, and, and I just want to give people the history here. Two years ago, the Bills were the two seed. They made the AFC Championship game. Right. They won 12 games. They lost to the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Last year, the Bills were the three seed. They won 11 games. They made the divisional round and lost to the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Now, I understand it's devastating fashion the way they lost. Yeah. They easily could have won that game. But for the it is... The AFC is way too deep of a conference for anyone to be the overwhelming favorite. I'm not arguing the Chiefs should be the overwhelming favorite. I do think they're the favorite. But... If you came any time you're on the side of the bracket in a conference where there could be a credible case made for not two, not three, at least four, and maybe five teams to win the conference. Because you could make a case for the Bills, the Chiefs, obviously, the Bengals who did it last year, the Chargers who might have the most talented roster in football, or the Ravens who were 8-3 and three last year, despite all the injuries. Then Lamar got hurt, season went to hell, lost all their secondary. There's five teams that I believe could make the Super Bowl out of the AFC, and I'm not even including the Broncos, who a lot of people like. If When the conference is that difficult, nobody should be considered this much of a juggernaut unless they have proven it in years past. Right. And here's my last issue for the Bills this year. Even if they go to Los Angeles tonight, and by the time... Some of you watchers see this, uh, you know, I, they've beaten the Rams by 14. My concern for the Bills, in addition to losing Brian Dable, their offensive coordinator, is very simple. There has to be a psychological component, too. Two years ago, they were this close to the Super Bowl. They were up two scores on the Chiefs in Arrowhead. And then the Chiefs went on a 38-6 to run like a dominant AAU basketball team, and blew them out. Last year, going into the year, the GM, the coach, the players said, we are obsessed with Kansas City. We are building our team to beat Kansas City. They go into Arrowhead. They have a lead with 13 seconds left. Yeah. And they lose the game. So, it's not about me being a Chiefs fan. This is about psychology of sports. I don't think the Bills are going to be 14-3. and But even if they are, there will still be a hurdle for them of, man, we've never beaten Mahomes in a big spot. 
And so I just I think the Bills are really good. I give them way more respect than I gave them last year. I give Josh Allen tremendous respect. I think them being two and a half point favorites on the road against the defending Super Bowl <laughs> champions is insane. All right, next. All right, word up. Earlier this week you dropped twenty four. Word up on me. Go ahead. <laughs> Earlier this week you dropped twenty four tweets in twenty four hours previewing the NFL, the new NFL season. Yeah. You talked touched on the Cardinals a bit. You said Cliff would get oh, fired. The tweet, yeah. Go despite ahead. his five year extension, and and Arizona only wins seven games. So by that logic, they're definitely getting blown out by your Chiefs this Sunday. Oh no no no! Let's 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 pump the brakes on the blowout. Okay. And it's the NFL. Blowout. It's not college football. I certainly think the Chiefs are going to win. It's a road game. Now the Cardinals don't have New Hopkins, so that hurts them. But they have been a team that's been excellent early and then fallen off. That's been Kyler's trajectory. That's been Cliff's trajectory. So I'm not I'm not nec- now. Do I think the Chiefs? Well, I, I'm very curious to see what type <laughs> of offense the Chiefs are running. Where okay. if they are. They have maybe the best offensive line in football. They have a big, tall, strong receiving core, but not as obviously. They lost the game-breaker in Tyreek Hill. So do they try to be more of a ball control, kind of less explosive, but more efficient offense? I think that's in play. So I'm, I'm not guaranteeing any type of Chiefs blowout, but I do think the Cardinals are in a division with two awesome teams in the Rams and the Niners. Right. I think they have the worst coach in the division by a mile. I think that I know he just that Cliff just got that extension. I am not as confident in the Cliff Kyler relationship as maybe some people in Arizona are. I understand I'm an outsider there, but they're obviously understandable. They're right. They're and they're obviously married to Kyler. Right. So if this season goes left on them and they feel like they've got to make a change, and there's a lot of us that have been saying Cliff Kingsbury just keeps failing up. I mean, this guy was had Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, and they couldn't win eight more than eight games. They were under 500 one year. Like, there's never he was fired at his alma mater, Texas Tech, and then got an NFL not coordinating job, head coaching job. So I don't think Cliff's very good, and I don't think the Cardinals are going to have a good season. And so, despite the extension, I do think he could be fired, or will I guess I said will be fired. At the end of the year. All right, next. All right, uh, you picked six new teams to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. A few of which were pretty surprising and would force out some favorites. Yeah. Uh, who is going to be the biggest surprise this year, in your opinion? All right, so the six teams I have. So leave this tweet up for a moment, if you could. So this is one of the things the media screws up every year. Every single year of my life, at least that I can, you know, my uh, even the last, call it 30 years, there have been at least four new playoff teams in the NFL, okay? okay? Most years there are five or six. And now there's an expanded field. So how does that, that how's that going to change things? So I, the, the tweet's got a, even though I fixed a previous tweet, still got a misprint in it, but that's all right. I call six teams and five teams. I have six teams from last year that made the playoffs out. Titans, out. Patriots, Raiders, Steelers, out. So that's four in the AFC. Cowboys and Cardinals, out. So, who takes their spot? The Colts win the AFC South in place of the Titans. The Chargers get the second AFC or the first AFC wildcard spot, replacing the Raiders. The Ravens might win that division. They'll replace the Steelers, even the Steelers don't win the division. The Vikings, I think, in a weaker NFC can make it. And then there's the two surprising ones the Jags and the Panthers. 
So those were two terrible teams last year. I think the Jags would be the biggest surprise to people, but I want to talk about my case for both the Jags and the Panthers right now. For the Panthers, it's very simple. They had the worst quarterback situation in football last year. It was Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, and P.J. Washington. They now have Baker. Now, is Baker a star? No. But is Baker a more than competent NFL quarterback? Yes. Have we seen that a team can not only make the playoffs, but win a playoff game with Baker as its quarterback? Yes. So that's a massive upgrade. Okay. I am hoping Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy. If he does, he's inarguably one of the three most valuable running backs in football and arguably the best. I like their pieces on defense. I love the schedule. I also am not a buyer on the Saints the way some people are, thanks to Dennis Allen being the head coach and Jameis Nice story, mediocre player. And the Bucks, I have major questions about, like we talked about on last week's gambling show. So, the schedule, and you get Atlanta in that division. Schedule not that tough. Good defense. Huge upgrade at quarterback. Weaker conference. Could I see Carolina going 9-8 and eight and getting into the playoffs? I could. Now to Jacksonville. Jacks, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a superstar. All right. If I'm right about that, this is the year he starts to show that. Now, they overpaid at wide receiver, okay? Christian Kirk, they way overpaid. They have Zay Jones, they have Marvin Jones. With that said, he now has legitimate weapons. He also, at running back, they spent, they, they drafted Trevor Lawrence number one last year. Then they drafted in the second round Travis Etienne, his running back from Clemson. Etienne got hurt before the season started. They never got to play together last year. So they have that on offense. They upgraded the offensive line somewhat by adding Scherf from Washington. They spent the number one pick of the draft on a pass rusher, even if it was kind of a surprising number one pick. A lot of people thought they should have taken Aiden Hutchinson. Fine. Defense should be okay. And the biggest difference is Urban Meyer was an abject disaster. The team hated him. He seemed to hate the team. He's kicking kickers. He's calling coaches losers, even though he hired them. He's skipping team flights, doing all this stuff. Uh, and by the way, let's, let's not, the for the, this, the, that's my opinion. Let's, that's a podcast exclusive for our wonderful social folks. Let's not blast out my, uh, my, that, that take there, but it, but it is what it is. It's the truth. Um, the, no pun intended, I don't want to kick a man when he's down. No pun intended, even though I yeah. think he kicked the kicker. <laughs> uh, Doug Peterson's a legitimate NFL coach. Doug okay. Peterson went to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles as his quarterback and Carson Wentz throughout the year. Carson Wentz has been, been a disaster since then. So in the in the AFC South, where I think Tennessee is going to take a huge step back, where Houston's obviously still rebuilding with a last-place schedule, I think the Jags can be the team. The, oh, my God, where did this team come from team? So those are the two big surprises. And I'm just I, – I, Am I going to get all these right? Of course not. But I'm so sick <coughs> of looking at NFL predictions where it's like, hey, in the AFC, what are your picks? And it's like, oh, uh, five of the same seven teams with the difference being I have the Broncos in for the Raiders and the Ravens in for the Steelers. And in the in the NFC, uh, I have the Cowboys, the Bucks, the Packers, the Rams. It's like casual it's, behavior. It's just, but it's not just casual. It also goes against history. It also goes... History says it's not going to be chalk. All right, next. Oh, this one's going to make me mad. Um, so I know it's football season. We yeah. were supposed to dedicate the whole A block to just no, strictly no, football. No, 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 this is worthwhile. But 
Uh, Patrick Beverly on Tuesday uh, had a little interview and was questioned by reporters saying, you know, how's it going to feel to be playing with Anthony Davis and LeBron James? And he interrupted and goes, they'll be playing with me. I made the playoffs last year. They didn't. They did There's didn't. a difference. Yeah. But then the next day he was seen joking around with Russ around the press and all that good stuff. Yeah. Is Patrick Beverly joining the Lakers uh, turning into a disaster? I hate it so much. Demonte, what was your take when you saw this video? Um, I thought that like there had to be like a, a previous discussion, given what he said. Like I thought that you know he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna say this," but then I thought like the question was very specific. Yeah. For them to have talked about that, um, I th- I think he really believes that in his heart. I, he really <laughs> he, believes. He really it. believes it. He really <laughs> believes it. But how about I got some fun? I understand Patrick Beverly's not a scorer. I understand that's not what he's there for. But he's played 600 career NBA games. Right. He has scored 20 points, 20, 11 times. He has scored more than 25 points once in his career. (laughs) In the career I was 26. He says, oh, you know, everywhere I go, we make the playoffs. Fun fact. He was in Houston. They never made it out of round two. He then got hurt. They made the conference finals for the first time since Akeem was there. They then traded him after not making another conference finals for a couple years. They immediately make the conference finals again. (laughs) He goes to the Clippers, and they're a tough, scrappy team. And then they lose Kawhi Leonard, and they make the conference finals. Do you know what Ty Lue's big adjustment was? He benched Patrick Beverly. And here's the problem. Okay. The lack of self-awareness. Demonze, I, it, go ahead. I think the lack of self-awareness has landed him on the Lakers. I think that if Patrick Beverly didn't have, like, if he, if he wasn't the, on his usual antics, okay, yes. I don't think any team is, like, really looking at him like that. I, I think he's just, like, another average NBA player. Okay, if you, that's fair. Counterpoint. Rudy Gobert was traded. He was traded for nine picks and players. Rudy Gobert's what? At best, the 25th best player in the league. At worst, the 35th best player in the league, right? Okay. So call him 30th. Patrick Beverly was the eighth most important asset included in a trade for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> So the NBA, his own team, was like, all right, you have around 6% of the value of the league's 30th best player. That team that traded for him, the Jazz, then the Lakers called him. They're like, hey, we have this kid, Talon Horton Tucker. And the Jazz were like, oh, the guy who, according to the nerdy numbers player efficiency rating, value over replacement player, was the second worst regular play, like second worst player in the entire league to get regular minutes last year. They're like, yeah, we want to trade him to you. And that team was like, mm, boy. I'll give you a we'll pat. give you a pat, pat. Straight up. One for one. Will you do it? That's it. And this guy is saying LeBron James 
arguably the greatest player ever, inarguably one of the three greatest players ever, and Anthony Davis, who's a top 75 guy and a champion, they get to play with me. Yeah. Because I made the playoffs last year. They didn't. There's a difference. You're right. He does seem to be repairing that relationship with Russell Westbrook, which is nice because he just napalmed it. (laughs) I am telling you right. So Patrick Beverly also, I don't know if you remember this, when the Clippers got Kawhi and Paul George, Patrick Beverly reportedly said about Steph Curry, he had his time. It's my time. (laughs) My time. Not the Warriors had their run. Now it's Clippers time. My My time. When they got Kawhi and Paul George, it was in the summer leagues going on in Vegas, saw LeBron James, refused to shake his hand, saying, you don't, like, consort with the enemy. This guy doesn't comprehend, like, I think it's- this would, I'm not, I'm going to mix metaphors here a bit, but can you imagine if, like, there was, like, some Fox company party? It's like there's Colin, Skip, and Shannon. And someone walks up to you and is like, man, it's pretty cool that you're in this room with these guys. And you're like, you've seen the views on each of our last YouTube videos? Uh, Mine did 60,000 and theirs are in the 20s at the moment. They're in a room with me. I can't believe it. And I'm sorry for... That's the meanest thing I've ever said to you. I just compared you to Patrick Beverly, and I didn't mean it. That was in good fun. October 25th is the day he's eligible to be traded. (laughs) I'm so far out on the Beverly. You got to trade Russ, and then... Because you know what's going to happen. There's going to be a moment that... Because LeBron... Listen, LeBron does tend to... If there's a defensive lapse, even if it's on LeBron, do the little, like, look around, like... Yeah. And Beverly's going to bark back. And LeBron, it might be LeBron's first scandal of his career. He might strike this man. <laughs> I can't believe the team that I currently root for employs Patrick Beverly. It's such this a bummer. Is, he's, he's a crazy it's guy, the man. Worst. We'll be right back. Great first segment, buddy. You nope. did awesome. That was fun. And I'm glad we know the Beverly thing. Got you got you more involved. You know what yeah. I'm also really excited for before we get to the show? That and I know you said you might start uh working at the restaurant again, mm-hmm. like on the weekends. Right. A little extra money, a little you know, see something get out of the house, which I yeah. respect. But for the first time in forever, you're you and I are gonna be able to watch football together on Sundays. In forever. Like, even if, they, even if you pick up some shifts at the restaurant. Like, you and I haven't been able yeah. to sit and watch football together in years. Houston was probably, like, the last time it was, And like, you didn't really care about it. Yeah. You were, you know, you were playing basketball or I'm going to the wreck. I the was Mons- going the to the wreck. was going to the wreck and then walking out the back door of the wreck and hanging out with his <laughs> friends. And then I went and picked him up. Like, oh, boy, another seven-hour basketball that actually happen? I mean, I would imagine. I don't know this to be true. But, I mean, you were a... You were a great basketball player, but not as great as seven hours a day at the wreck would imply. <laughs> I was just like, ah, I think it's, it's, it's like good. like wreck and then fun. Burger King after yeah, or something okay, like sure. that. Yeah, okay, sure. Wreck and then Burger King after. Okay. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges, therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com right to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot right. Your mental health journey begins here. Demonte, how are we starting the second segment? We are starting with Nick's Tennis Corner. You're damn straight we are. As a long-time tennis historian, uh-huh. I can say this is really uh, this is really a great U.S. Open. It's been unbelievable. Francis Tiafo is in the semifinals. For, how about this? Just real quick. First black American to make the semifinals of the U.S. Open in 50 years since Arthur Ashe for whom the stadium is named after at the U.S. Open. Oh, wow. How about that? But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's great yeah. for a tennis historian such as yeah. myself. I didn't yeah. know that. There was a great match last night that kept you up pretty late. Yep. Uh, and, your, and your boy Nick Kyrgios lost his mind after he lost. Mm-hmm. What's the best story of this tournament? Okay. So a few things, then we'll get to last night's match. Cause... So we'll get to last night's match in a moment. Oh. Serena is the story. And I was at her final match. Of course. Uh, that was Friday night. It was unbelievable. But at this point, that's a week old. People know that. Right. And it, it, Serena's the story. Nadal getting bounced. Djokovic not getting vaccinated. Medvedev getting bounced. Opened it up for Kyrgios. And then Kyrgios melted down. Right. And, I mean, Kyrgios has, Med, has Medvedev's number. He's 4-1 and one now in his career against Medvedev. Beat him pretty convincingly a few days ago. And then yesterday melted down and blew it. Tiafo, who was this unbelievable prospect who couldn't quite put it together, but is so good when he's on and all of a sudden has a 130 mile an hour serve, 130 wow. mile an hour serve. He looks like he absolutely could win it. But then there's the winner from last night who is the next face of tennis. Alcaraz, 19 year old Spanish kid. So the match last night that I stayed up for, five, it was the second longest match in the year. That you stayed up for. I watched, check my tweets, I watched the whole thing. I thought you were playing poker last night. So no, mom went out and she did her thing and my sisters were sleeping and I was sitting there like watching them while playing Call of Duty. I thought you went to go play poker. Was the tennis match on at the place that you were playing poker at? Yes. But I was still watching. Word. I mean, you said stayed up late, like you were. I stayed. You were able to go to sleep at the poker tournament. <laughs> no. I... All right. Yes. The new schedule for the TV show has allowed me to have a bit more of a, you know, 
vibrant nightlife. 100%. I'm happy for and, you. Okay, thanks. Yeah. So I was at a card game till 3.30 in the morning. But there at the go. card game, I was watching the tennis match. Okay. It's the second longest match in U.S. Open history. And it was, I, I again, Alcaraz wins the first set, is up a triple break and triple set point in the second set to go up two sets to nothing. Blows it and they get to deuce. He then has another set point in the second set. Blows it and center wins. So now it's one set to one set. Third set, they get to a tie break again. So six games, six games. It's a race to seven. Loses the tie break seven, nothing. Seven straight points for center and it's like, oh my God, he's going to lose. Fourth set, center has a match point. Win this point, you win the match. Alcaraz saves it, wins the set, then wins the fifth set convincingly. Has Did you see the behind-the-back shot? No. Hold on. I have to show you this. I absolutely have to show you this. Because it is... He didn't even win this point, Demonze. But this is... This guy... It, oh, hold on. I Look at this. I, you're not going to be able to hear it. But just watch what he does. Oh, I got you. I got you. Got it? Sorry for the audio there. And I, Oh, it, yeah. It's unbelievable what this guy can do. This has been as good of a tournament as I can remember. No Nadal the last week. Djokovic doesn't show. Serena's only plays three matches. And it's still so compelling. So, listen, my pick Coco lost the other day. My picks went down in flames. Yeah, <laughs> to say had, the but least. It's, it's hard to pick. A, it's 128 men and 128 women. It's hard to pick the winners. Yeah. I had Coco and Nadal. Neither even made the semis. Okay, my bad. But I I am so enthralled by it. Can I say one more tennis thing before we move on? Because we have to hit time today. I beg of you. Is it the USTA? Whoever puts on the US Open. I think it's the USTA. Can you please move the U.S. Open back one week? Because there is nothing more illogical than the U.S. Open, which is the culmination of the season of tennis, having its men's final in the afternoon of the first NFL Sunday of the year. It's so dumb. It's so silly. Move it back one week. You, A, then will get more people watching. Right. Or, at the very least, if you don't want to do that, put it on Sunday night. So, you're only up against one NFL game. Right. And you can, you know, a lot of you will multi-screen, whatever. But if you do that, you're still, what you're losing out on is any chance at any sports show, except for on the tennis channel, or my guy Mad Dog's radio show, talks about you on Monday. We're all going to be talking NFL the whole time. Right. College football's figured this out. They try to have some monster games the weekend before the NFL starts. And they're not even playing on Sunday. They're playing on Saturday. So it's been unbelievable. When I feel really happy that tennis is in good hands. Center's only 21. He played great yesterday. And Alcaraz could end up being a legend. If he wins the U.S. Open at 19, and he's the favorite, well, 
I can't say he's the favorite right now. Because the other thing is, tomorrow he's got to play Tiafo and... Or Tiafo, pardon me. And you do worry that playing the second longest match in U.S. Open history at night, that he is he going to have any legs left? So Tiafo could win it. it. The whole thing's great. I hope the winner of Tiafo Alcaraz wins the whole thing. All right, now let's go very fast here. It's time for two wrongs, one right. Let's yep. get it. Lamar Jackson and Ravens reportedly still far apart on contract demands, yep. according to Ian Rappaport. How will this affect his play? Positively, negatively, or not at all? All right, I do wonder if this gets done. Maybe even gets done before people see this, but probably not. Um, I, I think the answer is going to be not at all. There is a chance it affects him negatively just in this regard. Part of what Lam makes Lamar so devastating is he plays with such a reckless abandon and his style. Could it even subconsciously, could he play a little more cautiously? Right. Throw the ball away instead of run, you know what I mean? And maybe the Ravens want him to play that way, but it's not what is their best chance of winning each individual game when he doesn't have the $150 million locked up. Right. So I don't think it's going to be positive. It's probably going to be not at all, but if it was going, if you only gave me, it's either going to help him or hurt him, I would say hurts more likely. Next. Okay. Three of the most historic franchises in the NFL are having questions at quarterback. Yeah. Who benches their current starter first? Pittsburgh with Mitch Trubisky, San Francisco with Trey Lance, or the Giants with Daniel Jones? Well... It's definitely not San Francisco with Trey Lance. It's definitely not. Go. Okay. I don't really look at Mitch Trubisky as the Steelers starter. He is, but they he's a stopgap. They drafted a guy in the first round. That guy, Kenny Pickett, played well in the preseason. I think it's Mitch Trubisky is just holding on to that job for a month until... I think that's inevitable. So, <clears throat> the answer is Trubisky. But I do think Daniel Jones gets benched this year eventually as well. And okay. that's a real benching. That's a guy they spent a top 10 pick on. It's right. supposed to be their guy, and they're going to have to turn the page on. Next. Sometimes preseason storylines matter. Sometimes they don't. Which storyline will matter in a month? Roger has no Rogers has no receivers. Patriots, oh, offensive line in disarray. Offense, Offense in disarray. Yeah, and Tom offensive Bra line, yep. And Tom Brady's personal life. All right, I think these could be three rights. Okay. I think they all could matter. But if I'm going to power rank them, I'm going to say the one that's going to matter the least is whatever Tom Brady's going through. I, I think he'll be able to compartmentalize. I think the one that'll matter the next least, or second, I should say, is Rodgers' wide receivers. It, it, he, listen, Devontae Adams is awesome, and he had a very special on-the-field relationship with him, and I think he's going to miss him, but he's also Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll make do, but it's going to matter. The Patriots' offense is going to be a show all year, and it's going to, I think they're going to win six games, seven games. Yeah, you're max. sticking with that. that Absolutely. Patriots All right, very next. Tough. All right, since our, last, since our last pod, Donovan Mitchell was traded. Not to the Knicks, though, but to the Cavs. Who won this trade? The Jazz, the Cavs, or the Knicks? Oh, listen, I think the Jazz came in last of these. Again, I'm going to power rank them. Sorry. I know it's not really <laughs> okay. just the segment. Uh, I would, I don't, the, the, what was reportedly the Knicks' best offer was a far better return than the one the Jazz got. And you'd rather have Knicks draft picks than Cavs, Cavs draft picks because the Cavs have Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and in two years they might have Braun and Bronny. Set that aside. <laughs> so I, I think the Cavs, the Jazz lost it. Okay. I think the Knicks, though, came out okay because I think it would have been crazy. 
what that initial offer was reported of RJ Grimes, three unprotected firsts, that's that's too much for Donovan Mitchell when you already have Jalen Brunson. But the real winners are the Cavs. Donovan Mitchell provides exactly what they need. Mobley and Jared Allen will be able to cover, cover up the defensive deficiencies. And now you have four legitimate high-level starters. Garland is an all-star. Donovan Mitchell's a proven scorer. Mobley's going to be a superstar. And Jared Allen's a nice piece. They just The only spot they don't have a small forward. If only there was a small forward that in two years could be available. And if only they had a draft pick the year. The one draft pick they didn't trade is the year it'd be Bronny's one-and-done year. Hmm. Intriguing. Little we'll part see. three for LeBron. Year 22. St- that Stone would be epic. Cleveland. It'd be, be unbelievable. Epic. All right, last. Uh, KD was rated a 96 in NBA 2K23 and took to Twitter to call it Ronnie 2K. KD is actually mad, being sincere, or is a Twitter genius? He's a Twitter genius, and he's actually mad at 2K. I, mean, I think he is. I think he's. By the way, this is not your screw up. I had no idea that that was up there. Hold on. No. You, you did this right. This is not your screw-up. I'm going to ask our producers, what's the difference between being sincere and actually mad? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, it, it, one of those actually mad and being sincere should be re- Being sarcastic. Or, being sarcastic. Right. But that's all right. You know what? We, we read what's on the screen. We're just trained monkeys over here. We just read what's on the screen. I, I am matter. a robot. The, the, so, I think he actually is mad, but there's. I'm going to tell KD. Why he's not ninety? He's go ahead. Okay. Tell he's me. actually mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no way he got swept in the freaking playoffs this year in the first round, and he is questioning his ninety-six. Him. Okay. First of all, and I love two K. I'm in the game, but uh, <laughs> they've got a guys. They they took they were a little cowardly with the rankings this year, because they put LeBron, KD, Steph, Embiid, and one other person. I they Jokic. did Clay Thompson kind of dirty as yeah, well on there. But, but they put all five of those guys tied at 96. And then Giannis at 97 because Giannis is the best player in the league. Giannis should be. But why are they all bunched up like that? And the answer is because they have to protect the sacred cow that is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. He's on the cover. He's so a 99. He's the, a 99, and we can't even have anyone a 98. Because God, you know, nobody's even close. So now the top is 97, and then it's all bunched. But listen, the Giannis has to be the highest-ranked player in the game. KD's tied for second. He should be happy. I bet uh, Shaquille O'Neal's a 99 as well. I don't know. He's def- Not if he Jordan, definitely is. If Jordan's a 99, then I bet Shaq's a 98. All right, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back in. We don't even need a clock here. Very quick final C block because if I'm being totally honest, we got another show to record and I have a TV show to do and I have a meeting to go to. There's a lot going on, so I'm going to be very fast. Somebody, People have been tweeting to me, Demonze, what happened to my haircut? I got the haircut. I didn't get it as boldly as I said I was going to get it, but as you can see, I'll turn my head a bit, the sides are shaved down a bit. Not quite, I don't know if you can see from this angle, but let me turn this way. See if people can see it. I did get the haircut. Now, nah, this is really terrible television or YouTube. You can see it a little bit <laughs> right there. Uh, so I got the haircut. The new TV studio's dope. The new FS1 lineup's great. And it's football season. It's all good. All happy. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. Coming up tomorrow on this feed, we're going to make you money. We are going to be the best NFL gambling pod there is. There's a million of them. 
here's what I hear. Here's how I ask you to judge them. Not what happens in those bells and whistles. Not even what is the most entertaining listen. We try to be entertaining during the regular shows. During our special edition shows, we have a purpose and a goal. During the top 50 players the last 50 years, that was a history book in audio and video form. We weren't trying to, you know, wow you. We were trying to teach you things. Right. You know what we're trying to do on the Friday pods? Make you some money. We're trying to just, just get winners. Everybody just loves winning money. Weeks. Just winning week after winning week. That's the goal. Talk to you at that tomorrow. See you then.